Season three, ladies and gentlemen, of Chewing the Gristle is upon us. We've got a bunch of great guests lined up. We're going to let the good times roll. Are you ready to pound the gristle? We ride. Brought to you by our good friends at Wildwood Guitars in beautiful Louisville, Colorado, and Fishman Transducers of beautiful Andover, Massachusetts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this week on Chewing the Gristle, we have the mighty Danish Pete Honore. You've seen him on the Andertons videos. You've seen him on stage with Tom Jones. He's just such an iconic internet cat and great guitar player. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yet another installment of Chewing the Gristle is at hand. We have a majestic and magnificent individual on the line with us from beautiful <laughs> Guilford, UK, the mighty Danish Pete, ladies Hello. and gentlemen, guitar player extraordinaire, <laughs> guitar personality extraordinaire. Uh, yeah. What happened you know, there? I, I, let, me just, let me just make sure I'm saying your last name properly is it is it honor it's do I do honore 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 yeah it is french you see ah my my i'm i'm a 16th or something like that french very interesting so you i don't uh, know but yeah <laughs> so how did you end up in denmark let's let's just get this stuff out of the way so how did you end up in denmark with a french name and then end up in england well okay so uh my great great grand parents uh I, i'm from a it's called a huguenot have you heard of them yes huguenots. the french huguenot yes exactly there you go so my family i stem from from them and they you know they they left france because they were getting all you know there was shit going on so yes. and they went to this little town in 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 denmark and that time they were using the town as a it's called Fredericia. so frederick's it was the king frederick at the time he built this it's it's really weird. If you look at the town from up above, it's right to the sea, like this. And then you've got moats all the way around it in these triangular shapes, all the way around. And there's one one place you can get in, you know? Aha. So they would it would it was you. They would put all the murderers, murderers and rapists and all kind of people in there that, you know, from society, all the, the bad people, all the thieves and everyone, they put them in Fadasia there, and then they locked it up. So what happened was the Huguenots were escaped France. And they went into Fadaisa and hid in there, right? Uh -huh. uh, and in there, because they were all educated people, they were doctors and dentists and all sorts of stuff came from France, they couldn't do anything, but they hid in there. And then they started developing, developing the town from, from the ground up. And then it, you know, it was actually the, so it's right, if you know where Denmark is, you got the, it looks like a penguin, you know, the, the, right. one that's, the, the thing that's attached to Germany. The border was actually where that town is. So it's just as you go over to the Fyn, the next island, there's a, there's, 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 you, can, you can go across these bridges. But right there is where Fredericia is. And so that where the border was to Germany back way back when. So they, that town was basically the capital of Denmark at some point. And it's built really, really weird because all the, straight, it's, all the streets are straight like uh, New York. So they could fire cannons straight down from one end to the other. Aha! And so, so my great grandparents escaped to there, and then so my name is Peter Shuck 
Honoré. And so, and that's a thing where they flip-flop the names every time. So it was Shaq, Peter, Peter, Shaq, Shaq, Peter. So that's every time my grandparents go back, we are called the same name, apart from my dad. But, you know, they skipped a few. But <laughs> So it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. But that's how I'm there. So I don't speak any French or anything. I just have the, the last name, basically. Uh-huh. I like the name. Good. Yeah. Yes, I have, a, I have a, mor- <laughs> a morsel of French in me as well. My, uh, my great-grandmother's name was Adelia Duville, and she, and she was a uh, French-Canadian. Okay. And she married uh, Jasper Skeel, who was a Danishman. Wow, so you got a bit of Danish in you as well. I do indeed. Mm, it's not a bad thing, to my wife says. Yes, it's all right. I'm a, I'm, I'm a veritable... I like to say I'm a veritable meatloaf of European ethnicities. Yeah, and and if you looked it up, you know, you can do these tests, and if you look it up, you probably come from some completely different place. Exactly. You know, yeah, you never know. We are all the same big melting pots, and that's how it should be. Exactly. Exactly correct. Yeah. So that's it, and then I mean, then it's a long story, isn't it? I ended up over here, but you might want to hear some stuff before then. I don't know. Yeah. Well, tell me about. Uh, so you started playing guitar around eleven. That's that's kind of a similar time that. Yeah, a, a lot of us, because I think puberty hits, you know, and we're like, yeah, we need something to stake our claim. Yeah. And, and music just kind of, you, you, we need something to make our identity, something to stand out, something that, you know, can be our thing, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I grew uh, up, my, my parents are hippies, you know, and they were, we, I grew up in a, in a, in a commune, like a collective with three other families or four other families, you know, so there was always, some of that going on. There was always music, Beatles, Hendrix, Rolling Stones. It was all there all the time. And I remember growing up with it and I, I thought it was so uncool, you know, even when I was, <laughs> even when I was like five, six, seven, eight, not, and my parents would have people over and parties and they were listening to Leonard Cohen and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't like that music. Oh, I don't like, you know, Let's Zeppelin. Um, and it took me a while to understand it, to get it, you know. Um, but but it's definitely had the Beatles. It's all had it's all gone in, you know, back then. And my mom had a guitar from she had this old Oscar Teller from nineteen seventy one because she was uh, she had the crush on a teacher when she was young. So she asked her mom and dad for guitars. So you can go and play guitar with this guitar teacher because she had a crush. So that was the guitar at first. That was in the house, you know. Um, and I didn't really know what to do. It was almost really when I was four, five, six, whatever. We just. Put what well, we used to put crayons in it and shake it, and then we could see all the marks that hit around inside it. That was what we used to do with it. <laughs> that, was first, that was my first. Uh, that was my first sort of experience with it. But then I went to this free school, or it's like a private school. There's a couple of parents that didn't really like the school system, so they went to set a school up in Fadaisha on their own accord, you know. And there was um, so in Denmark, you'll have you'll have ten year groups. And then you'll have like a year before year one, right? When you start, it's like a, it's like a, you try, is he young? Is he old enough? Is he, is he, can he, you know, manage to get onto the next, is he clever enough kind of thing. But so when I started that school, uh, I was at another school and my parents took me up, put it into this free school. And there was 50 students in the whole school in all of these 10 years, 11 years. So, and it was very aimed on, music and 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 just art and all sorts of stuff it was much more open to you know they're going 
what is your talent or what are you good at? Let's take that and then let's mold you into that kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, and I remember being, we went to these camps with the whole school and all the families and everything with camp. We'll go and rent some uh, lodge somewhere and we'll all go out there and do, you know, fire and all stuff. And there was, there was one of the dads that had a guitar and I'm, that's when I've been 10, 11. And it was sitting in the sofa, this place, and you know, he was having fun. I just went and pick it up, and then I was going, Oh, this is this is kind of and then he was like came over and said, Let me show you a chord. And I said, the E, there's an A, and there's a and then with I mean within a half I just it it just went, oh, yes, you know, I could just figure it out somehow. I could just go, and I had there was rhythm and everything. I was like, What when did that what is, where did that come from? Um because before then it had just been like, you know watching something on TV or maybe hearing, oh, my dad going, this is, this is Jimi Hendrix, you know, I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> he's not cool, he's old, you know. Um, but that was, that was, that was it. And then he went to my parents, this, this, this one of the dads there and said, Pete needs to get some guitar lessons. I'll, Cause he's, he, 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 this is, he can be good at this. So can I give him some lessons? And my mom and dad went, yeah, fine. So I went to, to him and, and that's how it started. And he, he taught me for, for a while. And I think the first song I learned was like Blackbird or something. Uh-huh. It was like, okay, yeah. I don't know what I'm playing, but I can do this kind of thing, you know. Uh, and then he taught me a bit. And then there was another friend of theirs that was a proper teacher, proper educated, uh, kind of, uh, like classical. And he then taught me for four years, three, two years maybe. Yeah, and then then it went on from there, you know. But that was all in this little town. Um, well, there's lots of musicians coming from. Actually, it's, it's fun. But it was lo- it was loads of music. It was such a good environment to grow up in when you're like, you know, twelve, thirteen, doing the first gigs and all the, you know, there was there was these little pockets of of people, and they had a band, and they I had a band with some people. And they had a band, and we all talked, and we all ah, you can play that, and I'm going to play a shame, I'm going to be better. It was like, but you know. And there was, a, there was so much music going on. It was a really good scene. Um, and the, the town was really good at giving scholarships out. So, for instance, I got like a, a scholarship to, to do music uh, <clears throat> academy. And they would pay me every month to go to school. It was like, it was like, an, it was like a, what is it called? It's like a fun, or it's like a, what do you call it? Um, basically, they had a, a, you know, some money and they wanted... They wanted artists to 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 grow, and they would they would pick out five yeah, scholarships. people a year yeah. scholarships, yeah. And I got it, you know, I got that. So, and I went when I was sixteen. I went to a school in another town, did that for three years, and yeah, it was, it was just the, it was there was so much going on then. You know, I was so young, sixteen, when all of this when I started studying music. Way too young, if you ask me. I, I didn't get, <laughs> I, you know, my I had, you know, I had. Girls, gigs, having fun. I didn't have the, you know, I probably, I think I could have done with being a little bit older to to pick more up for my backpack. You know, that's the only, that's a regret I have. I didn't start a little bit older, maybe. And I just, I don't know. I mean, well, it sounds pretty awesome, though. It sounds, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it just sounds awesome it, to have know. that, you know, that uh, foundation where a bunch of people around you were playing and whatnot, because... Because it was, you know, it was weird for me at my my age because there wasn't all that many people that were, I mean, there were some, you know, that were doing it, uh, but it was, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where, uh, 
no one took you really seriously if you were if you were going into music as like a lifestyle. You know what I mean? It's like you were you were insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you still, you know, it's still my. I still had some of the my grandparents like you. What you gonna play guitar? You know, right? <laughs> and my parents were like, you know, I, I, when you do your ten years and then you know, it's like going to then you go to college. College next, and I, I, you know, you apply and see if you can get into the college and all that different stuff. And I did all that, you know, I thought, oh, maybe I should just get my education. But at the same time, I applied to this music academy as, as well. Um, and I got into both. And I went downstairs, you know, after winning letters and said, what do you think I should do my, to my parents? And they're like, you, could, you should do what you think, you know, you <clears throat> if you do your music now, you, always, you can always get an education later on. You know, you can always go back to school and study something if you want to. But if you really, if you really burn for music and you want to play the guitar and you think you can, do it now, then do it. You're young, you know, you're right. 16. I was 16, you know. Um, so I just, I went, looked at my guitar and went, okay, I'll, am I ME5? You know, am I Ampic? I don't know, I had an Ampic ST22 or something massive. Do you remember those? I went up, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Had all of that stuff and just went, okay, I'll do this then for a bit. And... It worked out really well so far. So after your schooling, what was like the first things you were doing professionally or were you doing professional things while you were going to school? How did that all kind of flush out? So I was 16 and I was like, was it two years, baby? I did all that stuff and just went to bands. And But I was in, it was another little town, maybe 20 minutes drive from where I lived. Uh, three years, was it? I can't remember now. It's so long ago. <laughs> but I went there to live with some people and, you know, shared a flat with other musicians. And we just had a great time. We did loads of gigs. And we had, um, in Denmark, for some reason, it was very popular back then to do um, tribute bands, you know. So you'll have like a Madonna tribute band. Or I did a I did a Brian Adams tribute band called Live of Brian. Live of Brian, you know. <laughs> you know. And, and this, I, see, I see what you did there. Yeah, I did that. Live of Brian. You know, and we were doing loads of gigs, you know, and there was, it was really busy all the time. And there was, because people can't see these big acts, you know, in Denmark, it's so small and they would never come out. So we would play, you know, we would play fairly big venues and stuff. And it was really fun and, and trying to, you know, being a bit of a Keith Scott guy for a little bit is right. great, you know, doing him solos. And yeah, that guy was, that guy was badass. Oh man, he still is. He's, he's, you know, he's, I, I, I love Brian Adams. There's one of a really big inspiration for me, you know. Um, but so when I was, I moved out when I was 17, <clears throat> and then I moved down to the other town. And then when that was done, I had to move back. But my parents had moved house to a smaller house because me and my sister was, it was just my sister. I moved out. And then I moved into this, read, they had a smaller house or whatever. And I was like, what I'm going to do, I need to do something. And then I was texting with a friend and she was like, I've got a, I've got a room if you want to come to Copenhagen and share a flat with me. And I just went, okay, I'll do that. So I packed my car up with my TV and my guitars and my, my mattress on the roof. And I said goodbye to my parents. And I drove, you know, this is before sat naps or anything like that. I had a map and no idea where I was going. Right. You know, and Denmark is not big, but when you don't know where you're going in Copenhagen, it can be quite confusing. Right. <laughs> and I met up with a friend <laughs> outside. I'm like, where are you? And he came to pick me up and we drove into this flat. I dropped all my stuff, picked the guitar up and he was like, let's go jam. So we went down to a place called Les Keller. It's not easy to say. It's like a, it was like a jam. Every night, Monday night, it was jam night. So we went down there and he said, 
up, up you go, go and jam, you know. And immediately somebody said, can I have your number? I'll call you for a gig. So, and then it just went, I just got loads of gigs. As you said, you never say no to anything, you know. And I had the same back then. I just went, yep, 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 yep. We play this music, we'll play that. Okay, I'll play a bit of that. Um, and then <clears throat> I did that for a while. And, you know, the music scene in Denmark, there's some phenomenal musicians and players and, you know, um, songwriters and all that stuff. But I think there's not as many musicians. Do you know what I mean? There's not as many. There's plenty of room at the top, as we always say. <laughs> it's down here. It's difficult to, you know, once you're up there, there's, there, there's room, you know. But I was lucky enough to get a few <clears throat> gigs with some pop star, pop idols. What was it called? Pop star something? Pop stars, maybe? You know, like that kind of stuff. And I did some of that stuff. I did some boy bands and some other stuff. <clears throat> and then, um, I'm just skipping along here. Uh, That's right. And then, so I I worked at a, like I was like a, uh, a call center. Because <laughs> I've always had the thing where I go, if if I if I can play guitar, I've got a job. If I can pay my rent with this job, I can go and play as much guitar as I want. You know what I mean? I don't really need to make the money. I just want to go and play and learn and 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 develop as a musician and as a as a guitar player. So I would have a job and I would just just, just make sure I could pay my car and my rent and my bills. And then I'll go and play as much as I could every night, you know. And then up next morning, it's two hours sleep, go and take the phone. But anyway, so I, <clears throat> I was working this place and there was a girl there, which I kind of started to see a little bit. And her ex-boyfriend was sitting up opposite, you know. And it was a bit awkward. But he was really cool. Ah. And yeah, he was really cool. And um, he was like, um, my cousin is a singer. And they've just got a song on Big Brother. You know, the first episode, uh, the first series of Big Brother in, the, in Denmark then. <clears throat> and they're going to go and do some touring and playing and stuff. And um, they need a guitar player. Shall I, shall I hook you up? And I was like, sure, absolutely, let's do it, you know. So, so I go to these guys, and it turns out that the guy who's then the tour manager for them and the manager for them was Aqua's tour manager. You know, so, um, so I did this tour with them in America playing, it's like dance, pop dance kind of thing, and came back, and then the tour manager contacted me. I was doing some gigs out in town, and he's like, I've got this guy over from the UK, um, a drummer and producer called Gary Wallace. I don't know if you've heard his name. <clears throat> he's played with, you know, all, everyone. Um, and he's producing René Diff for Marquis' new album. <laughs> and he needs a guitar player. Can we come and see you? I was doing a gig at a, somewhere in Copenhagen. He just want to hear you and see you. <clears throat> so he came down. And uh, we hit it off really, like, Boom. And I went to do some work for him uh, in a studio in Copenhagen. And then I said, you know, if you ever need a guitar player over there, just give me a call. I'm, right. I'm your man, you know. And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he was like, yeah, I'll give you a call. And I was like, yeah, fine. Yeah. And I was like, see you later, bye. And then I went, went off to do this Madonna tribute gig one evening, setting up my gear, getting out the cost. And then my phone rang. I was like, hey, it's Gary. Gary, Gary Hooper. Hey, you know the drummer? Yeah. And he went, um, I got a gig for you if you want to do it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's Tom Jones at the Brit Awards. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm going, I'm just, because he was a bit of a piss taker, you know. He, he did a little bit of a joke and 
And I, so I was like, he's taking, he's taking the piss. So I just went with it. Yeah, okay, I'll, yeah, sure, 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 I'll do that, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll email you all the details with the, with the you know, itinerary and the sheets and all that stuff. And I'll arrange the, the tickets for the plane and then we'll set the hotel up and I'll sort it out. All you need to go to the airport when, you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fine, you know. Thanks, man. Big later. Put the phone down. Get back after the gig in the email. Bing! That's the whole, I'm going, fuck. He was, he was telling the truth, you know. <laughs> so that was my, that was that. And then I, so then I went to, that was 2003. <clears throat> And I went to the airport and jumped on the, you know, the plane, got to the airport, the guy there with my name on it. I'm like, this is just unreal. What's going on? Because what I've done till then, I might have done festivals, but festivals in Denmark are, because Denmark is small. So you drive, you know, you drive out and then you drive home again, you know. Right. There's not much of there's that. A, there's of that, that big festival in, in Roskilde, right? There's a huge festival there. There's a Midfune festival. There's, there's lots of great festivals, you know, and, and it's a wonderful place. In the summertime, you have the long evenings, you know, there's, right. the sun will set at like 11, but it'll never really set and get, you know, the right. sun is just here kind of, you know, and you stay up all night and blinded by the morning light, all that stuff. Uh, you know, woken up in a couple of places going, what, uh, what's happening? Anyway, <laughs> another story. Uh, yeah, so... So that was so it was really unreal, you know, and he took me to the hotel, his drive, and he said, I'll pick you up tomorrow at nine o'clock and I'll take you to Music Bank, which is the big place where everybody used to rehearse, rehearse back then, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is completely unreal. What's going on, you know? So, he, so had he given you tunes at that point or anything? Or did you know what you were going to be playing? Or you were just kind of like, I'll go there and well, see what happens? There was like a list this long, you know. Uh, so I was, I was like, I don't know what, you know, so I just listened to loads of, of, of this stuff. There wasn't any sheets or anything. Uh, he just, he was like, he, Tom always sings it in the same key and, you know, at least he's done the last 60, whatever. Right. But I turned up this place and it's this huge, like, rehearsal space with, you know, brass section and a, you know, massive percussion set up and drums and I'm like walking in there going, cheers, hello, my name, I'm Pete. It's like, hey, there was Gary coming over and all these guys and I had a guitar tech, proper guitar tech for the first time, you know. Nice. And then I was like, it was just really unreal for me, but it was such a, just an incredible experience, you know. So we did the rehearsals and first time I hear like a proper band, you know, it was that, not, the, not to say I'm not, Putting anybody else down that I worked sure, with I, before, I but it, but you know what I mean. It was that when they went, but 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 you're like, what the you know? It's right. a completely different experience to play Sex Bomb with that band than it was to play Sex Bomb with that party band you did for the wedding like a month before, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and it was it was I was gobsmacked with the whole thing, you know. So we went to do that Brit Awards gig, 2003, and he he got the um, he got um, Life Time Achievement Award, which meant that we had to play some songs at the end as well, you know. And it was just incredible. It was an incredible experience. I stole a whole cheese out of the, uh, when we left the venue. <laughs> Girls caught, I had a cheese, a wheel of cheese. <laughs> I just I had like to get, it. and I had it in the plane on the way home in my luggage. You know, <laughs> I just had to have some kind of thing to take with me, the craziest thing I could get. And that was it. That was the cheese. Cheese contraband. <laughs> yeah, so that's and then and then from from then Gary called me to do lots of stuff, you know. It was it's been crazy since then. But yeah. Excellent. 
And and is it through him that is it was it through him that you initially ended up staying in the UK? It was, yeah. So when so we did the tour in two thousand, uh, we did that gig in two thousand and three, and then there was a little bits and pieces popping up here and there, um, where we played. You know, like we were house band for lots, like a, a collection of boy bands and girl bands, and um, and then in two thousand and four, there's a, there was a girl band over here called Atomic Kitten. Ah. Um, do you know them? Or <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it, they were, you know, a good bunch of girls, and they had they were playing, uh, uh, was it, was it, tell me your hand, they were doing a, a version of that, you know, that was the big hit. But So that was my first tour. We did an arena tour over here, and that was with Gary and the other guys from, from, that, from that band back then. And, uh, and then in... I was doing my own thing back in Denmark. With I had a studio there in Copenhagen with a couple of friends of mine. <clears throat> we were doing music for commercials and we were writing stuff. You know, we had a couple of songs on the charts and with some artists and stuff. And I, I, I sort of I was I wanted to put my effort into that at the time, um, but it wasn't making any money. So Gary called to do Girls Aloud, another band, another girl band. We did a lot of girl bands and boy bands. <laughs> Um, and then on that tour, 2005, that's when I met my wife. She was the makeup artist. Aha. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The plot thickens. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's it. (laughs) And I was, I was getting more work in the UK than I was in Denmark and it was paying more money in the UK. Um, and it's more exciting, you know, it's more exciting to play, you know, 15, 20 gigs in arenas, you know, in, in, in Wembley Arena or, you know, any, any arena in Manchester, all this stuff where, you, where I've seen on, you know, on, on, on various concerts where I'm, you know, I'm, on, I'm in, you know, I'm in Wembley, woo, playing a gig, you know. Yeah, where's your gig tonight? Oh, it's at Wembley. I mean, that's something. Exactly. That's, so that's, it's, it carries it's, a little weight. It does, you know. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm, I, I, to this, it is 2005. I still couldn't understand why they would call me a Danish guy. You know, like why? You know, well, because yeah, you, know, you have to be. Maybe I'm just a nice guy. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we had fun, you know. So I met, so I met Chloe, and we. It was literally like that, and we 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 just had to be together. But I then still wanted to do my own thing back in Denmark. So I was oming and ahhing for a little bit there. And then Gary asked me again in 2006 to do a band called Il Divo. Not Devo, not Devo, but Il Devo. Il, Il Devo. It's like Il Devo. Four, Il Devo. It's, a, it's, a, it's popra, as I like to call it. So it's opera singers singing pop songs. Oh, sweet right? Jesus. Yeah, it was the Simon Cowell thing. And they were massive, you know, they huge, sold 100 million albums. I mean, crazy. Uh, but it, it, it was... It was right when I was tr- we were getting our own thing on off the ground, you know, and it would it would it would in- I had to play nylon string guitar like a lot of that going on, you know, and, it- and I didn't really know if that was my kind of thing, um, so I turned that down, which I shouldn't have done because I could have made lots of money doing it. It was a it was a world tour, you know, it was a world tour with them, um, so I opted for my own thing, but then. <laughs> the guitar player that was on the tour, great guitar player, but he 
he just couldn't, he, he didn't turn up on time and he was having a espresso and a cigarette, you know, making everybody wait for sound checks. So I got the call again in 2007 and a um, bit scared playing an island string guitar, but I practiced the stuff, went to fly to Kuala Lumpur to do three weeks of rehearsals. Oh, good Lord. I mean, it's, it's like, you're like, what? I'm there, I'm standing in Denmark somewhere playing Madonna Tribute Band. Now I'm flying to Kuala Lumpur for three weeks to do production rehearsals in a arena. Right. You know, what the hell happened, you know? Um, and that, so that was a world tour that was with them. So that was my first kind of big world tour, which was incredible, you know? That was 2007. and 2006, I actually moved to the UK over... So, so when you say you had to do a nylon string part, did you did you have to worry about well what guitar am I going to play? Are they just going to mic it up, or do I have to get some kind of electric acoustic yes. thing? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, because of of the I I got myself I've, at that point I was playing some Taylor guitars. I had a I was chatting to the Taylor guys, and I had a seven fourteen, and an, and I had a couple of nylon string guitars as well that that I I was using for that. Because that was what the guitar player before was using. They said, that's a good guitar, and uh, can you use that? Because we have got all the setup. You're used, the you're so, used to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So I was like, yeah, fine, I don't know anything about it, really, other than I had a couple of nylon string guitars, but it wasn't a thing for me. But but it was a lot of, it was a lot of finger-style nylon string playing with a lot of fancy chords. There was one song called Pasara, and it was me with the singers for the first... Uh, two minutes of the song, you know, but naked nylon string guitar with like that, you know, right? Uh, and and everything was on click, right? So I've always played with click, and that's I think that's helped all my the timing. I think it's really good to play with click, but so but when you've got opera four, is it four or five? I can't remember so long ago now. Uh, one of them sadly passed away of COVID recently, actually. Um, put it back up. Uh, (laughs) don't go down there so we yeah so all on click but playing this part and I remember that song it it was the whole song didn't have the same progression going once it was just it was just random through the whole it was just uh, like yeah but yeah it was always yeah it was like another chord the next time around or whatever you know it's completely but it taught me a lot you know um, how to just play and play in the pocket and play what they wanted me to do. Don't overplay because they want a G, C, and a D and E minor. That's all they want. And I'm not. I'm not going to throw a diminished in there anywhere because they'll turn around and go, "What are you doing? Fire that part!" You know. Fire, you know. So I just kept myself, and um, I think I've always kind of done that. You know. Uh, and that, but what an experience that what to play some music that you're not really familiar with. You know. Um, but we had lots of. We played like uh, Knights in White Satin. You know. The whole it was proper. We had a we had like a massive symphony orchestra with us, and a, and a conductor and everything, you know, and got massive and pompous, and it was amazing. I'd play his lead solo flying over this, you know, right. So it was it was really, it was a really good experience, you know. Um, so that took a year, and what happened then? Uh, did and then yeah, so. Yeah, then there was another boy band, <laughs> a boy band called Westlife. And then, 
And then Tom started calling back because Gary used to be the MD of Tom Bands as well. And he okay. still is actually to this day. He's still MDing it. Um, and uh, Tom was like, oh, you're that Danish bloke. <laughs> you're ah. that bloke from Denmark. Here's a beer. Um, <laughs> that's the time. He had, you know, he had his gray hair, but it was all, his chest hair were all, you know, dyed, <laughs> you know, with an orange tan, like your right. room, uh, you know. It's, you know, so, so um, there was some stuff going on and they were starting a new tour and they wanted to have another band and uh, want to, you know, swip up some stuff around. And um, yeah, so that just, that happened. It was just incredible. Another world tour with him. Um, with Tom. And, yeah. I mean, what a what an amazing experience. And that, I'm really grateful for meeting him because he's a, just a wonderful, wonderful human being with lots and lots of stories. And, you know, when you're standing behind him and he sings Thunderball and still in the same key, he, right. he goes in, he comes in and he would go, oh, I can't really sing it today, let's something like that. And then, okay, we'll take it down, a, you know, we take it down semitone or whatever. And, and, and he goes, he starts singing and we, we're down and he was still singing the same key, even though he goes, I can't sing it. So we take it further down, but he was still singing. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just sing it. He couldn't, ah. he sung it so, he sang this song for so many times, so many years that he couldn't even sing it in another key. It's amazing, you know. So by the time you came around, was, was big Jim Sullivan already, gone away or did yeah you this is any? this is this is yeah I've, I've heard some of the stuff from him you know and we've um I don't know if some, I good, heard... some good stories i would imagine oh there's there's loads of stories i mean there's there's loads loads of stories with tom you know he we played in las vegas for we did two stint in the mgm grand in the hollywood theater uh with him for we did 20 nights in a row you know? oh jesus <sighs> i mean after six nights the band was burned out and we were like, oh, this, how do you do this? Like, uh, he used to do two, he used to do a matinee and then one in the evening, you know? Right. And he was like, he's, he, what are you doing, lads? You hang, you're hanging or something, I can't remember. But the stories he's told about back in the day and in the 60s and who and what. And, right. I mean, there were some, there were some dubious characters turn up, uh, you know, sitting backstage there in, in the MDM Grand, and then you got these uh, Italian-looking guys coming in with long trench coats, a camel, camel ball, you know, speaking in a, yeah, hey, yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah. you know. And you're like, shit, <laughs> there's something going on. Mike Tyson come, ne- come backstage, and there's Mike Tyson. Right. Uh, um, uh, t- Tony Curtis turn up, just sitting in the audience, people, amazing. Well, I can imagine. Thinking back of it, you know, a lot of it has gone away because I think, there was so much going on. There was so much for me to take in at that time, you know. And what have I? I've been late twenties, you know. So I, I, it was all like, oh, I'm in Sydney, Australia, and I've literally just been in somewhere else, you know. And I'm just, right. I couldn't. It was for me. It was. I never thought that was ever going to happen, you know. So, and you have somebody to carry guitars around, and you know, it's completely crazy. For me to to experience all this stuff and and I still to this day wonder why <laughs> sometimes you know um, but it was amazing it was an amazing tour and then yeah then then I think they decided to go Tom brought a new blues album out 2011 or something and he had right. Ethan he had Ethan Johns to produce it Paul Stacy 
uh, all those guys playing on it. So they decided to go much more blues. Um, and they wanted an older looking, older looking playing band, you know, with some elbow patches and some long beards and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine, you know, it's fine. So they, so they went with a bluesier uh, band, and and then they, what did I do? I did some lots of other stuff there in the meantime, just little bits and pieces around, and uh, started doing some some demoing, like you did for Fender. I did that for. For Martin Distributor over here, Westside, did some stuff like you did, travel around, talked about stuff, and um, and also, you know, I had a family by then, so I had two. We had two girls in really short succession. We there are eleven, ten and a half months between them. The first two, so I literally, you know, came home, did the thing, went away, you know, came right. back, had a baby, did the thing, went back. So right. I was I was away and. I didn't think it was quite fair for, for Chloe to be there. She did an amazing job with those kids racing. You know, she would have like a baby on the arm and a toddler crawling around in an app. You know, it's completely ridiculous. Right. You know, and I was just out somewhere in Kuala Lumpur playing my guitar in, a, in, a, in front of 50,000 people or something, whatever, you know. So, well, you know, pay the bills, but, you know, you feel like you're distanced from your family, you know. Um, so, that, so, that, so that was okay. I came back for a bit. Uh, so when was the transition where you met up with Lee and the guys and thought maybe this is a good fit? And yeah, so that that, that that kind of that, that started when I did the stuff for Westside uh, distribution over here because I I I you know I, was, I would I would go out and do videos with the music shops like like you've done, um, and I, I was fat, I was fancying having something a little bit more stable income and because you know although being on a tour. It's wonderful, and when you are on it, you make money. Well, good, really good money. You know, you can make a cracking amount of money. But the problem is, if you have six months where nothing happens after it, because everybody thinks you are still busy. Right. And like, oh, I thought you were busy. I was going to call you. I'm like, what do you call me? I'm here. Right. Just, I, I'll pick up the phone. You know. You know right. I thought you were. People still ask me. Oh, I'm going to see you on that festival with Tom. I'm like, I haven't played with him for ten years. You know, or something. So. Right. Um. So oh, I would have called you. So that so that's a problem, you know. And you probably know what that's like. You know, people think you are busy, but they never really pick up the phone. So right. So there was months where you you went through that savings that you had quicker than you were, you know. And then you up, I ended up having a tax bill I can pay because the tour got cancelled, and you know, blah, all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, and that put put you down. I, I was really down at some point, and but luckily there was people I could get other gigs with, but. <clears throat> so I fancy that steady thing. So that's why I worked for started working for Westside doing the, distribution, uh, the, the demonstration thing for Misa mm-hmm. Boogie, Martin Schechter, Dunlop. They had all sorts of other things. And I went to Anderson to do a video one day uh, with Mr. Boogie stuff. Uh, the, the dreaded cap clone video. You, did, you you looked that up and you see that was a that was a horrible thing. Ah. Uh, that was a that was a calamity of a video. Anyway. Um, but so I met Rob and Lee and Rabir, and they were like, "You should come and do some more videos with us. You should come and work for us." And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be really good." But I've got some more stuff and some more tours. And I was working with the the guy that was playing keyboards and guitar. He was playing bass ah. and a guitar. He he he's he's from Germany. Uh, Christoph Papendick. Uh He was be starting doing an MD stuff over there in Germany. So he would call me for gigs in Germany as well. Uh, so I did quite a lot of stuff for German artists. And he then started working with this girl called Helena Fischer. 
um, which most people here, anywhere else outside Germany, because they won't know her. But she right. in Germany is huge. She's one of the biggest stars over there. Um, so I, so he asked me to do her tour. And that was the last tour I did in 2014-15, end of 2015. And that was a stadium tour in Germany. I mean, it was two sold-out gigs at the Berlin Olympic Stadium. I mean, oh, we, we, with fireworks, all, you know, that was, that was flying her getting on a massive bird that was built by Tim Henson's crew and, you know, like a, you know, a million euro bird that they would right. sit a guy in and do that and the eyes would go and they would fly out over the audience and land there, you know. <laughs> that was the first stadium tour. The next one, she was flying around in the arena and we would do a gig out on the top. I mean, huge production. I mean, I'm, with 42 lorries or something, like crazy production value, nuts, nuts, nuts. You know, so you would have pinks, people that used to fly pink around in the stadium, right. you know. Incredible. So so that was a great one to end up on, <laughs> to kind right. of, um, uh, but I was, man, I feel like I'm talking, you know. <laughs> no, it's all good. This is all, this is all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I was in, we had a break and I was, we were having our, we were going to have our third girl and I, we were having it right in that break. And the production team was so nice to try to fit it in where we had a break to go out on the next production rehearsals for the next tour. And unfortunately it didn't happen. So I had to go back out on tour to Germany. So when Scout was born, I was sitting in a hotel room in Düsseldorf uh, and watching the whole thing on FaceTime going uh, just, and, and I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to go it was a month till I could get back, you know. I was like, I'm, this is, this is going to be the last time I'm doing I'm just, just thinking right. about it. it. It's just, oh, I, you know, I yeah. really hated not being there for that. Um, that really broke my heart. So I, I needed to do something else. And I, in all this going on, I've been talking to Lee and they Rob and, you know, because I met them and we were getting on really well and I went to do some more videos with them before and doing this stuff with Helena Fisher and, um, and then when I came back, Lee was like, because Anderson's had his own channel, but all the videos with Rob went on Rob's channel. Right. I don't know if you remember that. I think right. a lot of people don't realize that. So all the stuff that Anderson's, that Rob did with Lee went on Rob's channel back then. Um, but Anderson's did have this YouTube channel sitting around, you know, with 40,000 tops or whatever, something like that. Right. And Lee was like... <clears throat> We need somebody to do something with this stuff. I want to. I want to develop this YouTube channel and make and make videos for us. Maybe not with you know and Rob, not with Rob, but we'll still put videos with Rob on his channel, sure. and then we'll start doing something over there. Um, and he was like, "Do you want to do that?" You know. And after having done that and watching my little girl get born there, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm up for anything to try to get." A steady income and stay a sure, bit and home stay a home. bit more. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, which then <laughs> ended up that I've probably stayed away more and stayed <laughs> more time, you know, because it's been so. You know, so that was two. That was 2016. I then started this job, and um, and I, you know, Lee just, you know, what do you need? And I don't, I don't know, you know. So I had to ask people like Mick Taylor, for instance. Uh, he. Mick Taylor came out the first time and did the first kind of four videos with us, trying to find the format and 
we came up with the idea of having shows, you know, so call it Anderton's TV and then making guitar parodies. So that was us with Hawaiian shirts on doing electric guitars. We had acoustic parodies. So that was us with Hawaiian shirt doing acoustic guitars. You know, we'll have a bass show. We called All About the Bass. You know, we would have a keyboard show and we would, then I sort of came up with the idea for the Captain Meats videos uh, to get people in. So we, we, and then, you know, this place I'm in now is the studio. You've been here. Uh, started downstairs. It was all little rooms. It's a little house and it's known. And then I started, you know, I put the wallpaper up myself and did all everything myself, you know, um, and started filming videos in the beginning myself. I think previous to that, I think I did like what you what you do. I came to Anderson just to throw 15 videos off like in one hit, you know. Right. I did that a couple of times and um, and then we started really going for it. And I just put all my effort into it, you know. Um, and we could see as soon as we started putting videos up and being consistent with it, people just, it did, it went, honestly, it was 800% increase in right. within the first year. It just went Wah! like that. Right. Because there was obviously something, Rob and Lee had hit something really well. You know, they, they, they found a really niche thing there with the two people sitting there talking bollocks about things and just having a laugh and and being generous, uh, not, uh, genuine about things. You know, if oh, I don't necessarily like this bit, you know, I wish they'd done that instead. You know, the honesty and all that stuff. Um, and I think that really worked. You know, well, it has, it, it does work. But then we just put more and more time into it, and full on for you know work my ass off to you know to where we are today right um to get this where we are and you know a lot of help from a lot of people but it kind of became my little baby you know me and lee were like we need to do this we need to do that you know pushed it really hard and um it's been really cool you know and i play more guitar now than i ever have done right you know because on a tour you just wake up like at 12 o'clock you know Go down to the lobby, get in the bus, and then you you put your arm in and get a guitar on you, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Now I'm check, and then you go back, you give it back, and then you walk out and eat some food, you know, and then you play for an hour and a half, and then you go to the bar, you know, you know, which is dangerous. So yeah, you know, you it's it's a bubble, that tour bubble, isn't it? You know, especially when you're away for three months at a time. That's a long time to be away it's from a long anything. Time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how close do you live to Guilford? Like, how much of a commute do you have every day to get to where you need to be? Well, I have about an hour and a half drive. Oh, there no shit. Yeah, it's long, but I stay up here, so I've got a place oh, to stay. Yeah, yeah, so I can stay up here. So, I mean, I've I've scaled it back a little bit recently. Uh, I was up here four nights a week, and it was just getting too much. You know, we 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 were doing four videos a day. You know, um, so now we try to do filming Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we got keyboards filming on. A, so we do like we do keyboards every Friday because we got the keyboard channel as well or the tech channel um, with Jack and then we got bass we film bass four bass videos once a month and then they'll be spread out over the month and then me and Lee just film videos as much as we can Monday, Tuesday and then probably Wednesday and then I go home and work do the editing and stuff as well so I've got one guy here working with me so it's only a tiny team you know it's only two people right. Uh, so all the stuff we do is just two of us basically. And then with help from, we get this, you know, the shop <coughs> staff to help get stuff over from the warehouse that we need to film and all that different stuff. Um, but it's a lot going on. <laughs> yes. You know, um, it's a lot going on. 
but it's fun. I mean, what is what is not to like? You know, you get to play guitar. You need to. You get to hang out with cool people, and you know, you know, you've. It's, we're having a laugh. We today we're filming videos, and we're laughing. The tears are rolling, and yeah, yeah. You know, and it, I, makes, I, it just I makes it. you. You know, it makes you. Lee's turning fifty. You right. know. Yeah, and he's looking amazing for 50, you know, and I think that the, the whole thing, we just do what we really, really enjoy every day uh, with people that you like. I think that really keeps you young, you know. Um, no doubt. Absolutely, you know. But it's been, a, it's been a long trek to get here. I can't even think back to 2012, you know. It's crazy, it's so long ago. <laughs> but all the things that's happened, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I still look at my life going, what happened? What? How am I ended up here with all of this? And people are like, oh, Dana's Pete in the in the in the supermarket, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, you must get that as well, right? It's a little troubling. I mean, you're grateful for it, right? Yeah, you yeah. It. And it's uh, and I'm and I'm always, you know, I always have time for for talking to folks, but you know, it, it is a little weird though. Every now and again, you you'd be walking down the street, and some guy will just like pull down the hey, uh, you know, and and, and what's cool about it is though. And I'm sure you get the same thing is that they think that they know you. So there's no like weird, you know, because you've been around people who are like bona fide, like rock stars or movie yeah, stars. Yeah, yeah. And people act really weird and, and, and like fawning and kind of psycho around them. But with, but with us, they just think they know us and they're nice and they're fun. And it's, it's total, it's totally cool. Because they get, I think, I think why. I think why you you're successful. I think why Anderson's has been successful. I think because what we, I am who I am on screen. You know right. what I say on the videos. I mean, some stuff get cut out because it has to be cut out. Right. Uh, and that's not for for anyone to hear ever. Right. Because they would shut everything down. Right. And I would be dragged away. Right. <laughs> You'd be cancelled. Exactly. 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 I would be put in a rubber cell somewhere, laughing in the corner for the rest of my life. But you know. But so. But this is how I am, and I'm not. I'm not going to put anything on, you know. I don't have a persona, and I don't, you don't have a persona. Uh, and I think that's really, really important. I think people can see through that. But yes, you're right because everything is so. It's right here, you know. It's right on your phone, and then you get you've got lots of followers, and then some guy would or girl or whatever would message you, and you reply back, and you're like, I can't believe it. But I feel like it's so easy to get in touch with anyone these days, you know. Right, 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 right. You can, I can write to Kanye West, you know. <laughs> yeah, I could, you know. I could write to the Queen and say, "Hey, I could, you know," because they're all on here, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. So we, it's so much, you know. When you know, when I was when I was in the in the touring thing, you're just a guy in a black suit in the background, you know. Or if you have a solo, you go out and get your two minutes out there, you know. Right. You know, or it's it's not like they're not there for you. You know, they're there to see the giraffe, as we say, which I which I which I completely appreciate. You know, um, but you know what I really like about this is that we get to inspire people. That's the most important thing. I I don't like the term. Uh, I heard you, you listen to your you and Angela talking about it, where where you you talk about influencer. Right, and I don't like that term either. I'm, yeah. I can't. Uh, it makes my skin crawl, you know. Right, Ooh. exactly. But at the end of the day, we are right because we do influence people. But I, in 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 the in where they want to go and what they want to buy and stuff. Um, but I never start a video with selling stuff in mind. You know, right. I never go. I'm going to sell this now. But that's if you do that, then it's going to mess it up. It's not going to be a good video. Right. Exactly. You know, I never want to plug it in first. 
you know, if if it's something simple, I I'm not gonna touch it till I actually pick it up or play it or the pedal. Don't turn it on yet. Let's do it when when we cameras are rolling and then we go. You know, um, I like to inspire people. That's what I was gonna say. Inspire people to play and pick up the guitar and learn more. You know, right, 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 exactly. And when those when you get those little messages, oh, I I, I love watching you guys and. I listen to you and your clips on Instagram and I get so inspired. I want to go and play my own guitar. I've been playing for four hours now. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, yes, you know, right. because for Absolutely. me, when I, that's for me, that's why I listen to, to the musicians I listen to, you know, because they inspire me. So if I'm in a, in a, in a little slump of, Oh, what am I going to do? You know, then I'll listen to something and then I'll go, yes, that's, that's cool. And it doesn't matter what it is, you know, it can, it could, I doesn't have to be a guitar player. It could be like a, any. It could be a song. You know, it'd be Whitney Houston song. It doesn't matter. You know, as long as I start being groovy. <laughs> I can dig it. Yeah, man. We interrupt this regularly scheduled gristle-infested conversation to give a special shout out to our friends at Fishman Transducers, makers of the Greg Cock Signature Fluence Gristle Tone Pickup Set. Can you dig that? And our friends at Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, bringing the heat in the shadow of the Rocky Mountains. Well, you're very good about getting back to people and stuff online. I, I do the best I can, but I, you know, I just, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I you know, we, we do four live streams. We're really five live streams a week, right? So, and and there's people commenting and all that stuff. And, you know, and I'll, I'll like a lot of the stuff. If they ask a specific question, I'll get back to them. Uh, I try to put as, <laughs> I try to put as many of the uh, particulars of like what I'm using in the description of the video. So that nobody reads the description. No one reads the description. <laughs> no one. No. Ever. One. And, and then you know, have people answering the question like above them. Yeah, uh, people will just answer the same question, and then I'll be like, "Well, I get it. They they don't know. They're tuning in for a half a second or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is the question that jumps in their mind, and they do yeah. it. But I find myself, you know, I, I get back to people as much as I can. Yeah. But I kind of have this whole thing, which I mentioned. Uh, my buddy Ryan, um, who who does a lot of the, uh, uh, he works for Fishman. He does. He's really helped us out with all of the aspects of streaming from the house, and he does sound from us re- remotely and a lot of the kind of stuff. And one day he just didn't show up for a sound check and we, I had to do all the stuff myself, which was no big deal. Cause I was like, I, I hope he's okay. Type of a thing. And then in the middle of the thing, he chimed in. He's like, sorry, you know, the kids had, I go, listen, I made a, a, my, <laughs> my battle cry is years ago. I said, when you have multiples of children, you don't need to make excuses for anything. No, ever no. again. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, it's the kids. Yeah. Okay. If you're a parent, especially step further, if you're self-employed and you ha- and you have kids, you don't need to make an excuse for anything. No, oh man, it's 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 definitely lots of sleepless nights, and I'm sure I'm going to get lots more. You know. Well, how old are your kids now? How do you have the, so, the three? I've got three girls, uh, and they're fourteen, thirteen, and six. Okay. So All the right. last one there was a bit of a what you know, and then, well, the second one was like. Not already, you know. <laughs> and everybody blames me for it. You know, they all go, what, so ten and a half months later, or three, it's three weeks later, you know, so you're three weeks later, you're, it's like, it wasn't just me. Right. Take, Take two, two to tango. tango. Yeah. And I was probably going away on tour. So we were having a bit of cuddle time. Okay. That's right. There's nothing wrong with it. 
you know, somebody told me you couldn't get pregnant when you breastfeed. That's a lie, kids. So if you yes. know that, that's such a lie. And I'm a proof. <laughs> I can prove that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, it's, it is, you do, lo- yeah. I, 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 I can't reply to everybody either. Because what happens is once you reply to it, goes so quickly. Right. You know, and then, and then you look at it and then, he, and then you miss something and it's down here somewhere. And then, you, and then I can't scroll because it's too much. And, and then, yeah, then there'll be kids and then there'll be a yeah, dog. And, the, then, and I'm sure it's the same way for you when you get home. And if you're on your phone, your wife's like, I'm sorry, weren't you just at work? You know, what are you, what are you doing? They're like, well, I just have to get back to this guy who's asking about my pedal. You know yeah, what I mean? About the patch cables. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having to answer the 50th time what amplifier I'm using. And, you know, and again, and again, I'm so grateful anyone gives a shit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man, I know. But it is fun. Nobody reads the description. It's, it's hysterical. Yeah, and nobody reads. It's That's not just one thing. The other thing is uh, the um, you get the, so what pedal did you use at 21 blah, 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 whatever? I was like, you know, the one that was saying, so I'm just going to put on the Dane. Yes. And there's a picture of it. Is that the one you mean? And like, it's in the video, you know, but it's, I get it. I mean, I don't, I rarely watch any YouTube. I don't know about you, but I just, I watch some of it, but I just, you know, and I've got my own channel as well, which I rarely put anything on because I do so much work here. And then when I get home in the evening or whatever, it's like, oh, I'm going to do another three videos for my own channel. Yes, yes. Right, right, right. Well, that, well, no, that was the same you. thing for me. I mean, for years, everyone's like, you know, I just did stuff on on uh, Wildwood's channel. Yeah. That's all. I, I mean, I would fly out there. I'd do the videos. I'd leave. And everyone's like, well, you know, you're you're a YouTuber. I'm like, I go to Wildwood and I do videos for them and I go home. I don't know. Does that make me a YouTuber? And, then, and so then I, I started up my own <laughs> YouTube page, but I really didn't do much with it because I said, you know, I just, you know, I go over to why yeah. would I do that thing? That's good. But then uh, COVID started, and, I, and I, we started to be able through Restream yeah. to go on several different platforms at once, and so I started to do that kind of stuff. But uh, it was interesting because then, you know, the questions began, and I would try to, you know, and then some people get a little nonplussed when you don't respond. Oh, the, it's typical of these channels. You you'll like a comment, but you'll not respond. I'm like. I don't even know what you're asking. You know what I mean? Is that a question? A thousand. I mean, Andersons, we get so many comments. I've, I, you know, we've got, we've got people now to, to, you know, I used to do the description and the tags and all of that stuff and the thumbnail, you know, and then it just, it couldn't do it anymore. It was right. impossible for me to have time for all of that stuff, arranging everything and logistics. And, you know, it's like, oh, it. I get All it. Things you're holding oh, while you're doing the drums at the same time to so make get the whole thing to move forward, you know. Right. Um, and doing all of these different products, and you know, we've got all of this. Purple became a thing, you know. It yes, became absolutely. A, a yep. Crazy thing. Uh, squires and all everything is purple, you know. But that that was I'm all part of all of that stuff. So that has to be, you know. So it's just crazy. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy. But and that, and then I think. And also another thing is people think we're millionaires, don't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I posted a picture of uh, of like Lamborghini when I was away on tour, you know, and they go, oh, you got a new car. I'm like, what? It's, nope. the, it's outside the hotel. Here's my piece of shit. You yeah, know. Yeah, you want to see a picture of my minivan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my 1.4 is a diesel engine. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> my 800 quid Citroen. <laughs> oh, but, but I will yeah. say the, uh, the, and again, 
for the millionth time, I'm glad anyone even gives a shit, but it's just, it's so comical. Every time I pull something, I'm like, well, how can I circumvent the questions that will inevitably come? Like if I do anything on slide, someone would be going, what tuning is that? Right? And so I'll say, slide noodle and open E tuning. And then first thing, is that, what tuning are you in? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, and then during the live stream, I'll do like a little thing on, Folks, um, just here's a little heads up. I understand, you know, if you're not that familiar with slide and what that's all about. But if I bar across with the slide and it makes a chord and it's more than three strings, if it's like, you know, a full chord, then I'm in an open tuning. And when my hands are off the guitar and you hear that open note ringing, that's the tuning it's in, right? And then I'll do something and I'll say open E tuning and then someone will go, is this standard tuning? And I'll be like, but again... They're tuning in for a half second. They're not reading the description and, and they just want that feeling of, Oh, I wonder what that is. Maybe he'll respond. And then when you respond, they're like, Oh, he, you know, he, he saw my comment and responded. And I think that's a lot of it is they want that participation. Thing. Yeah, exactly. But you have, you, you know, we, we, we say this very often. You, you, we get, let's say we got a thousand comments on a video here, you know, and three or four of them are bad. You know, you scroll through all these nice comments. Oh, nice, 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 nice comments. And then one guy would pick something up or say something or be bullying about something else and go, oh, I'm going to, you know, and you're like, should I stop rising to that? Because one, there'll be four comments out of a thousand. The video will have a hundred thousand views, maybe. Right. Yeah. Right. And th there's a thousand comments, which, and there's, then there's another 99,000 people that haven't commented that just watched the video. Right. That didn't say anything. You know, right. which the, and that's what most people do. They go on and they go, I'm going to see what uh, Peter Lee is doing with today or whatever. I'm going to fancy watching the new Fender Japan made strats or whatever. Click and they sit down and they watch it and then they go next. Right. And they don't say anything. They might go like, you know, but most right. people don't even do that. Because right. if you have 100,000 views, maybe you'll have 1,500 likes. Right. So the, 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 it's like, you know, we don't, we focus so much on the comments uh, instead of just going, actually, do we think it was a good video? Yes. I mean, for, for, for Anderton's, of course, <clears throat> it's also about sales. Like, I guess it is right. with Wildwood in a way, right. you know. Right, right, um, Luckily, we can, we, it's, we, we can say what we want. And as long as people buy something from Anderton's, I guess it doesn't really matter, you know. Right. Because right, right. majority of the viewers is, is in, in North America anyway. So, right. so... And they will never buy anything from us anyway. So most people that actually watch the videos don't buy from Andertons. And you'll get the you'll get the odd comment for someone. It's like, but you live in America, you never buy anything from us anyway. Why are you saying <laughs> why are you saying that? You're not gonna buy anything anyway from here. So what do you what's just to go away? Um you know, um and, and you need to, people just need to to vomit their opinions up, you know. We put a video live today, you know, we're doing something for for the war in Ukraine, you know, terrible that's right. going on. So we We've we did a limited run of these yellow Ferrari yellow HSS strats with a with a you know with a mahogany fingerboard on it ebony fingerboard. So we put a blue scratch blade on it, and we are, we are doing a raffle where people can buy a five pound raffle ticket, and then they can win the guitar, and all the money will go to, um, to Red save, Cross, or you know, Red Cross, yeah. And then you'll get the comments of people are going, oh, you don't know what it is, and conspiracy theories, and you know, it's like, but why do you have to put that? Why do you have to? Can you not? Don't say anything because we're just, you know, oh, you're just doing it for getting attention. No, we actually, we're just trying to be decent human beings. Yeah, decent and, human beings. 
Yeah, they, I love it when they say, you're just virtue signaling. It's like, no, we're, we're just trying to be decent humans. Yeah. But you know, you, I'm, I stay away from, from politics a lot, you know. Yeah, I've, same here. I've learned I my lesson. I put, I put one meme up, uh, which was like guns versus cheeses in America, you know, which cheeses, you could, these were cheeses were illegal, but you could buy all of these automatic rifles in the shop, but you couldn't buy Brie, you know. Right. And I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, that's super fun. But man, was I wrong, you know. Oh, so yeah. People, I had people to take go that from down. zero. Yeah. They go from zero to loony in like in two seconds. What you know, and so I've, I've, I don't do that anymore on my own thing because uh, you know I have I, I'm still entitled to my opinion on things, but I don't want to you know. Well, the, uh, we've talked about I've talked about this with some other you know guitar playing buddies of mine because some are what some people choose to do is that they uh, they they keep it musical on like uh, YouTube and Instagram. But Twitter, they can let their freak flag fly and they'll, <laughs> and they'll get all political and so on and so forth. And my motto is, is that, you know, we, I would like to think, bring joy. You know, music is the one thing that people of every different political ideology or what have you can find mutual enjoyment in. And it's not really beholden to me to soil that for somebody because I want I want the ego of being able to be right. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, this, I completely agree. I don't go there, man. I, it's not my... I've got my politics, to political opinions and who I like and, you know, but I just keep that for myself, you know. Right. And, and, I, and you know, I'm, not, I'm not judging people that do either. It's just that no, for no, no, me... No. Absolutely, because people are entirely free speech, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, Pete Thorne is a good one, isn't he? He likes a bit of a, a thing on, on, on Twitter, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah. So does Brian Ray. Brian Ray and Pete. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. But it's fun, and, you know, it's uh, fun to see. I just like to stand back there in the, uh, in, the, in the shadows and just watch this thing unfold into, you know. Well, I like to always be of the mindset of yesterday or five seconds ago, I could have been completely full of shit. And I just find that people who are really into politics have no, have zero self-reflection. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like they're into their, their, their tribe yeah. and they're going to go down with the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just like, Hey, you know what? I, I guess I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. <laughs> i know it's it, it is you know and, and you know and yeah and just stick to music we get that a lot you know just stick to playing guitar although i always make the, I, I always like to make the argument i was like yeah uh like someone who is self-employed and successful in one of the worst professions of all time would have no understanding of how politics works you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like wake up yeah. people we yeah. get you know We've been able to you know, open up, pull a, pull the rock over and see the vermin underneath and just kind of put that rock. <laughs> and then put another one on top of that as well. A heavier one. And then leave I always find that funny. It's like, what do you know? It's like, well, let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you a little story. Traveling around the world as well. That 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 opens up. I mean, being, I mean, I've been really lucky to be able to tour the world, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and being all of these places. You know, we went to the Philippines, I remember. And you know, landing in the Philippines and getting getting police escort through the airport and into a thing where they had all these guards and, and we just gave them their drinks and but it's a, we came with with Eliba and then Tom Jones as well, you know, um, yeah. and then getting into whatever. But we so then you get into vans and then you have police escort, yeah, you know, driving fucking hundred miles an hour and they just stop all this and but you're driving through all this slum with 
with with two roofs yeah. on it. I've, you know? I've been there. Yeah, I've, and you get I, into the hotel and they get guards outside Starbucks with automatic rifles. And you know, and uh, I remember we were in um, uh, where have I been in Caracas, you know, and you, I had guards outside my room. Right. I just played a guitar, man. Right. I've got a guard, there are guns everywhere, and you're like, you can't leave the room. It's like, shit, yeah. man. So I had, I had similar experiences in uh, in Jakarta. In, Jakarta, uh, that's the one. They're like, stay and go out a group of eight people and then take off your all your valuables because you right. get stabbed, you know. I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> going into Jakarta. We That was Jakarta, <clears throat> that's the one. We're driving into the town. we got no seatbelts on, and it's like those little three-wheeled yeah, yeah, vehicles yeah. everywhere. You know, it's like madness. There's like no lanes. It's just helter skelter. And then you look to the side of the road, and it's corrugated shacks, and see rivers with just a bunch of garbage and trash, and people looking forlorn on street corners. And the more we're getting into the town itself, I'm feeling more and more like, oh my god, where the hell are we? What are we doing? What's happening? I'm just getting like physically, yeah. physically ill. You know? Yeah. And so as we're getting to the hotel, I say to the guy I'm with, I'm like. Where's the clinic tonight? Oh, like, well, the meal, uh, the show, and where you're staying is in the same place. It's in the same hotel. I was like, yeah. fantastic. I don't have to go anywhere. So yeah. we end up pulling into the hotel, and then the person from the uh, the Fender distributorship at the time is like, our offer's across town. Let's be in the lobby here in 15 minutes, and we're going to go over there and check that out. I go, nope. <laughs> I'll I'll be staying here. I stay here. You FaceTime me from over there, man, and then and, I'll. And then the I'll very the very next day, I'll never forget, I, I was counting the minutes until we were out of there, right? And uh, and I was younger at the time. Now I'd be yeah. like, yeah, whatever. But you know, I'm a, I'm yeah. a younger lad, and uh, I go down into the lobby. It was like, okay, be in the lobby at six thirty. So you know, six fifteen. I'm down there with all my yeah. shit. I'm ready to get going. And Ken comes down. Ken Oda, the guy from Fender Japan, who was kind of overseeing this whole tour. We get into the vehicle and we're driving and, and we start driving out of Jakarta and, you know, the misty morning and not so many people out, but still enough with their forlorn yeah. looks and the corrugated shacks. And I'm like, plus it's, it's nine 11 a year later. Right. And, and so just flying anywhere at that particular time was a little bit of a, you know, you're a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. We're driving out of town. We're getting, and it's before we get out of town, I'm starting to breathe a little bit better. I'm like, oh my God, we're almost gone. Soon I'll be in the warm, <laughs> the warm bosom of the, of the Singapore Airlines first class lounge. I'm just, I'm just sitting, yeah. sitting in my mind. We're, we're almost there, you know? And all of a sudden we're getting, we're just out, we're seeing some farmlands. We're getting closer to the airport and Ken Oda starts grabbing his jacket. Like, oh, oh, oh. He's like, we have to go back. I left my wallet and my, and my passport back in my room. So now we have to go back. It's rush hour in Jakarta. We miss our flight. No. Oh, it was it was something else. But to, to your point, I mean, having gone to all these different places, yeah. I mean, it's like when people start talking. I did. I played in Kiev. I remember well getting. Yeah, and, it yeah. was, and it was weird. Yeah. I remember going there, and people were nice as pie. They had a rhythm section that had to learn some of my tunes, and yeah. I was very, very, you know, because. You know how it is when you do roots of your stuff and you get together with a rhythm section and when they do a shuffle, it sounds like a polka yeah. or any, anything that's kind of funky. It's could be a real shit show, but they were awesome. They knew all the yeah. tunes. They knew oh, all fantastic. the kicks. Yeah. They were fantastic. Oh, and and I remember being in this place and they're like, well, there's a little interview we want you to do, you know, prior to the show. And I'm thinking, you know, how it usually is, you know, a guy like you or me sitting there with a camera and a microphone. Yeah, going, yeah. Hey, but 
I go into this room and it's like they got a press table with like the thing in back, you know, and like there's a bunch of people with cameras. I'm like, like this is like, I'm just doing a Fender show. You know, it's, it was just weird. And, and then I remember wow. being staying, staying on this riverboat hotel and there were guys in the in the lobby with the you know the little earpiece that they're huge dudes yeah yeah you know in their suits looking menacing no smiles you know and i just remember being that and i remember being in moscow a couple times for some crazy stuff and Man, so, i yeah, played it's... i played in the kremlin twice <laughs> in the in the i i've done it with with tom and with little devo where you played in kremlin you we ha, i've got the special pass they give you a special pass you have to have a special pass a stamp in your passport and you go in there and they search you everywhere and everything you can only stay in one area and then you get in there and I'm, and then you play there was i'm sure maybe putin was there or whatever right. uh, you know all sorts of bankers they just show off oh i have i have tom jones tonight you know right you look at all my money, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah, staying across exactly, staying across in that hotel right across from the Kremlin. It's right. a really fancy. I can't remember what it's called. You know, but again, just just you know, tall guys, you know, with no necks and just trench coats, and they're standing yes. with the earpiece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're, ju- you're like, this is not great. But maybe I maybe I got some drugs. Should we ask him? Right. <laughs> 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 just to scare everything a little bit more, you know. But I mean, yeah, it's it's but. I mean, I've I've been to Russia as well. I remember I remember some stories of some other friends I've had over there where they, because it's corrupt as well. You know, the tour managers and you know would be right. they'll, they'll hold a, a truck full of gear ransom till they, you know, get, you know we're not going right. to release this truck full of gear till we get hundred thousand euros or something You're like, you know, right, exactly. It's just free for all, man. Ah! You know, right. <laughs> and then here's a potato. Out in the right. middle of nowhere where they're freezing their asses off. You know, it's like from one thing to the other. It's insane. I played these gigs where we played at this, I think it was like a, a wedding in, I think it was Russia as well. And it was like Enrique Iglesias, Kylie Minogue, Tom Jones. And like, you, the, the lineup was insane. We were the first on with Tom. And there's tables out there and they're sitting eating dinner. And we, are, we come on going, and they're just sitting and eating. And we go, bap, 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 you know, play the whole thing. And these, these people are just, Looking up like that, eating the. Oh. It's like 50th <laughs> birthday or something, where, you know, look and at they me. They got the all star of doom. Yeah. It's insane the things we've experienced. You know, I've flown to, to Abu Dhabi to play two songs, you know. I flew to, to, uh, flew to Chicago to, to play at a festival, play one song at a festival, you know. Right. Flew to, to New Zealand to play one gig and then back again. You're like, ah! So. It's the, yeah, the we money probably that gets thrown around. It's just bizarre. It's crazy. You get put on a, on you know you get picked up and you get put on a first class flight to to some place Abu Dhabi or Dubai or whatever. Put up in a hotel for three days. Luxury, everything paid for, and you get paid lots of money right. for playing two or three songs. You right. know, I mean, I've done I've did a lot of the X Factor stuff and. Um, I do sessions still for America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent. So I get some sessions in, I still record it. Right. Uh, you know, I did some of the judges' houses. I don't know if you ever watched any of that stuff. So, no. you know, you got, you get, there's the, you know, there's the initial rounds where people going to, uh, and they get, you know, right. whatever. And then, then, then it gets a bit more serious. And I would be there playing guitar in the background with somebody singing. And then, then what they do is they go to the next round and there'll be a judges' house, right? So it'll be Simon Cowell's house somewhere it's not his house it's his house right but then you know so we went to nicole scherzinger's house which was in uh where was it 
somewhere in, on a private island somewhere, you know. And me and the piano player they flew us down there. And all we had to do was play. I had to play four songs. And I was there for a week. I just had my own room straight out to the beats. And all I did was just wait. Nice. And I just got paid to wait. <laughs> and then sit, sit on a, a pier with Nicole Scherzinger and, and Mary J. Blythe playing a couple of songs with somebody standing over there singing. But not a whole song. It's like, it's a cut down version. Right. You know? And then you just, you, you're like, you're somewhere in, in just, just in the beautiful setting in right. France or in Italy or, you know, in Spain, Italy, just fly out to play a couple of songs and then get paid. It's amazing. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be doing, you know. No question. But it's not all, all the time, is it? That sense, uh, friend, do you know Justin Sandico, who does the YouTube channel, all the teaching and stuff? Uh, I don't know him. He's got, he's got a really good saying. He says, it's like musicians have to make money. We have, you know, as you know, we have to have, we have to dip our toe in all these things. He says, he puts it like, he has a bathtub and then you have loads of taps around it and they all drip a little bit, you know. Yes, so that's the all the things. Yeah, so that's the, de- that's the backing tracks and then the, that's the signature pedal or this is the signature guitar or right. whatever. Yep. And we have to have that stuff all the time. This is my my books or whatever which I haven't done yet but I would do you think it's a good idea to do like a course or with people is that a good idea well it's always a good idea yeah. I mean because people uh, want to want to see what you can bring right well I, I was thinking I, about I, I recently started doing the true fire thing and that's been really yes. really great for years okay. I I had all the and I still I, I have a a book of transcriptions that came out with Hal yeah. Leonard this past year uh, and I've got a bunch of stuff with them and that's always been that's always been good. Yeah. Um, and the video thing with True Fire and kind of their format is really is another great thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any of that stuff is always good. And what's what I realized, too, is that you don't have to be totally exclusive to one because all these different formats have their own kind of niche clientele. And yeah. it's sometimes never the twain shall meet. There'll be people that, oh, I go to True Fire, but they don't know anything about the Hal Leonard thing and yeah, vice yeah. versa. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but they they come there for you, don't they? So, and and I think that's that's one of the things we need to embrace. I need to embrace is that people actually want to learn how I play stuff. You know, it right? Might, absolutely. You know, and e- even though I'm really, sh- I used to teach as well, uh, being a guitar teacher um, for kids and stuff and bands, whatever. But you know, I'm, I'm not so good at teaching for some reason. You know, the way I put things across, you have to kind of, I'm like, bah, 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 do this, and the, you know, so. Um, but still, people want to want to know it, you know. So absolutely, I want, people, I want people to want to get that, you know. If I, if that inspires them to pick a guitar up and play it and have some fun and learn some new music, then it's great, you know. Absolutely. And then if we can, you know, if we can feed our kids, you know, we can't feed feed our kids with pedals, you know, <laughs> and, wow. and or free free gear. You know, it's, it's right. a very it's a very fortunate situation to be in, you know. You go, I got this new pedal, it's amazing. It's like, yeah, but my kids can't eat that for summer. You know, yes. <laughs> what are we having today, Daddy? You having another pedal? <laughs> yes, we're you know? having pedals for dinner yeah. tonight. Yeah, exactly. We had that first for breakfast. <laughs> so you know, it's it's it is difficult, isn't it? But it's what a wonderful, what a it's so cool, and I'm so happy actually. That I went on on this journey with to do this because meeting people like you and just everybody behind it. There's so many great people on um, because we. I don't feel like there's there's any 
hate hate or like I I'm jealous. There's not all this. Is there? I don't feel like there's I any so. lot of lot of it. I can be happy for for people that has got success with something, or I'm like that's good for you. You know, maybe it's because I'm a bit more grown up now. <laughs> well, I think that you know when you just you just reach a point where you you be the best you that you can be, and no that's one else it. can no one else can do you better than you. And no. as long as you're cool with that, and you come yeah. to that realization, yeah. But that's what like, I keep saying to people. You can't, you know, why? Why do you not? Why can you play like uh, Van Halen or something? Because I can never be him, you know. And I'm not going to be. I'm never going to be Stevie Ray. I'm never going to be, you know, you. Right. Or I'm never going to be Josh Smith. I'm not. I'm just going to be the best me, and I play what I play because that's what comes out of me. Right. Exactly. This is what when I when I do that, I do this. This is what this is me, and you know. Right. Um, and I just love listening to lots of people and get lots of inspirations. I don't think I've ever had any sort of you know like some people sit down and go i'm gonna get a strat i'm gonna put tune it down a half a step and i'm gonna get a twin or i'm gonna get something and i'm gonna have a tube scream and then i'm gonna play i'm gonna learn all of the stevie licks right and then and th so then i had a friend like that and said well can we do some some of this stuff so like no i don't play that i can't play like right. i can only play this you know it's right. never been anything where's you where where are you in all of this where where's you your personality come through it's right. really difficult to explain, you know, and I think it took me a while to find that, but I think I've always kind of just went, never went all in on someone, you know, and never went in to play that solo and never, unless I had to, because sometimes, you know, you have to play that exact solo. Yeah, and, when there's an you iconic, know. you know, like, yeah, I, I, I saw like uh, uh, George Harris something, you know, that solo, that, yeah. you kind of got to do that yeah. pretty much as is. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. You can... no, absolutely. if it's there and you have to do it, you have to do it, but. I think right. if you want to develop yourself, it's good to learn that stuff because you'd learn how we also have to learn how that person plays that, how the right. Right. feel and the attack and the tone and the notes and the, you know, dynamics and the harmonics and all that stuff. Right, I think right. people, you know, a lot of people learn how to play something, but it's just very robotic or whatever, you know, then that, 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 that I see lots of young kids are so amazing. There's so many great players out there. And I think, they were still, maybe they were there before as well, but we didn't see it because there wasn't only social media and YouTube right. and people. So now we see it much more, you know. Um, but I just, you know, I get some people you get, oh, I follow you on Instagram, let's have a jam. It's like, I don't jam. You're like, what? You know what right. I mean? Do you, exactly. you get that? Oh, yeah. You go to NAM. He's like, oh man, hey, how's it going? I only, I've never met you before. Great to meet you. So we have a jam. You're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't jam. Right. Like you, amazing player. No, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I've never done that. It's just I just do hundred takes I, and I then I put it on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I've got. I did this thing for a friend of mine who's a music teacher uh, at a private school, and they wanted me to come on and talk about, you know, just me being a musician and and YouTube and all that stuff. And you got kids there that are fourteen, fifteen years old, sixteen. They just want to be YouTube. They want to be famous on Instagram. Or you want to have lots of followers. And I'm like, that's not what it's about, you know. You, no. It, in, I think you, you have to, you know, I've got people coming from ACM down here, coming to the shop and, you know, how can I get a lot of followers on Instagram? I'm like, that's not what it's about, you know. Right. I want to be a guitar player on Instagram. It's like, have you never played with a band? No, no. I don't play. I don't have a band. It's like, you have to have, you have to play to be a musician. You have to. Right. You have to learn. You have to be angry. 
You have to be jealous of the, the other guitar player in the band because he got the solo. You have to, you know. <laughs> you, gotta, you, yeah, yeah. you go through so much. There's so much that builds you up. Putting a band together and yeah, getting Carrying the shit together. in the van, sleeping on the Marshall stacks in the back of the van and freezing Booking cold Booking the gigs, wind. dealing yeah. with mutant agents <laughs> and yeah. bar owners and festival people. And yeah, people falling on the drum how to sell kit. CDs. And, yeah. oh, the music. Now there's a music. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, first starting and you had to be in the in the music union and what do, what do you report to the union? And when do we, oh, you know, all yeah. just a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. These guys, you know, they put videos out on, uh, they have no, yeah. they have no concept of any of that and bless no. them, you know, but yeah. by the same time, my whole thing, and I've said this many times, it's like, we're kind of in the golden age of instruction. I mean, yeah. if you want, I mean, there's plenty of hand movers and that's all well and good. Cause you still got to put the time in, yeah. but for God's sake, there's so much access to information. There's really no reason to suck. And no. if you, can, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah. I but completely put, agree. I mean, but, I, but yeah, to put on. something together that has some kind of visceral uniqueness to it, and so on yeah. and so forth. I mean, that's a whole nother matter. Uh, and to be able to do that with a band in front of people and 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 do all that, that's it's. But well, I think the good thing is that there's room for both, isn't there? There's room yeah, for, the, absolutely. for the guy who just wants to be the person that just wants to be the, the that one on Instagram or TikTok right. or whatever it is. You know, I'm on all that stuff as well because I just feel like I have to. I don't do it like you and Angela talked about. I'm on TikTok. I don't do it unless I feel like I have to, you know. Right. Uh, if I do a, a one-minute reel on Instagram, then I do the f a fuller version on TikTok, for instance, where I do more. Right. Where I put, put more of the of, of noodle. Because I do my noodle. I just sit in the noodle. Because right. I call it guitar therapy. Because it does help me, you know, it really does, you know. Uh, same here. When I get up in the morning and I, I just do a little yeah. thing, I'm like, shit, yeah. if I can if I can play something for a minute and listen back and think, well, I could post that, that yeah. that's yeah. that's therapy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it, and I think I think how I do it, I just do, you know, I never do any more than one or two takes. I'll do the loop like you, you right. know, you do a loop. And I love doing the loop because to me, it's also just finding the loop. It's finding what calls should I do for this loop and then getting something together, getting the groove. That's as much as the process as jamming on top of it afterwards, you know. Right. Um, for me, uh, and also because here, when we do, if we do four videos in a day, so there'll be an intro jam and an outro jam, right? So that'll be eight kind of things that you'll have to figure, come up with and play, right? right. Every day. And I'll do the loops. I've got this head loop looper uh, board. I don't know if you know any of those. Uh, that thing because you can got you can import drums in it and oh no I don't know about that it's it's a big it's a big board it's like this big and it's got you can you can have four tracks running at the same time you can have four outputs so what I have is I have, I'll do some drums in Logic or whatever you know and then I import them into the track then I play some bass the bass can go out on a separate track into the interface then I play one layer guitar which is separate and another layer guitar which is separate so you can separate everything out. So you can uh -huh. mix it afterwards, right? And then I save that that loop in the in the board, and then I can take it out later on, and uh -huh. then people can people can have it. So my so we do that on the Anderson's um, extra. So we are we got a download site where you can buy all of these. So you can go for ninety nine p. I go. Oh, this was the this was the video Lee and Pete did on the SG whatever Epiphone SG sixty one. This is the intro loop and this is the outro loop. And so here they, they get it like that, you know, so they can play along to it. That's cool. So, yeah. So, that, so you know, there's the, but that process of coming up with a new thing or a new song, you know, 
that's why I like you making those backing tracks that I have done. You know, I've done six six volumes now of ten on each. You know, isn't it funny? Though, I don't I don't know if you have the same experience, but I find the most random kind of simplest thing that I'll do and just be like, no, one time through, post it, leave. Yeah. will be the one that people go crazy for. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. like the ones you put any time into. Or yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah. Oh, I got this chord right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no one gives a shit. It's the random stuff. I, I, the random. They love the random stuff, and they love when you write down what chords you're using. Ah, uh, yes. You know, if you write in under these, not further down, because that's going to be hidden by the first. They need to be able to see <laughs> right from the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the chords, you know. But it's it's um. And I just like to see people's when they're nice comments. Oh, thank you very much. I needed this, or I just have my coffee and I just listen to that. It's great. You know, I'm going to go and play right. my guitar now. Or, you know, that's those are the those are the comments I really enjoy seeing because Absolutely. that shows me that the community is really good and everybody actually just want to play a bit of guitar, whether right. they are whether they are beginners and they got a cheap guitar or they are. You know, they've been playing and uh, the doctors who's got all the gear and they just go and jam with their mates every Wednesday, you right. know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could be anyone in between. It doesn't really matter. As long as you like music and you like playing your instrument, your bass, your guitar, your drums, whatever, it's it's just great to see. Because I remember when I was young and I, all that joy that we had from going to rehearse on a Tuesday evening in in one of the guys' mum's back garden right. shed somewhere, you know. Right. And we would just play... You know, Bruce Springsteen, Fire, or we would play, you know, Chuck Berry or whatever it might be, you know, right. any of these pop song blues, whatever, Tears of Fears, whatever, you know, we, we can pull out, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses played all of it. Just, just, and it doesn't matter how much how shit we were, you know, it was just the, that, the 14 year old kid that just, uh, recording for the first time in the studio and listening back to the, you know, yep. it's all rubbish, but you, that just helps so much, you know. And I just, you know, for me, it's most important. Just be nice, you know. In in the, you can right. just be nice. No, if if have you read the Second Coming? Do you know that book? No. What is that one? The Second Coming. Honestly, if you read or you listen to to books, it's uh, the Second Coming. Is uh, it's a book about you know Jesus coming back to save humanity because we've basically. Floored it back down. So basically, well, he, should, he should get here yeah. later on today. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is true. This is true. But basically, it's uh, you know uh, up in heaven, God created you know all the stuff, and he takes these decides now. He's done a good job. He's looking down there, and he decides to take a holiday for two weeks. Two weeks up there is two thousand years down here. Aha! But when he comes back, you know, he looks down. He's like, shit, you fucked it all up. You know, right. so he's like, what happened? Shit, you know. So he's like, Moses went up, you know. I asked Moses to go up on the on the hill to take the tablet and bring it down. All I put on it was, be nice, just be nice. And he right. sat up there for all that time and put all this stuff that everybody can misunderstand and everybody takes different ways, you know. Right. He just, fuck, you know. And he's like, I left weed on the on the planet so people could copy, <laughs> calm, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a fantastic, it's, you know, it's it's just a really... And Jesus, like, I don't want to go back. He's like, where's Jesus? Where's my son, Jesus? And he finds him in, he's hanging out with Jimi Hendrix, smoking weed and, you know. <laughs> and then he's, Jesus, you have to go back to, and, you know, talk to people. 
And he's like, but he has to be born again, you know, and he's going through the whole thing. And, right. and, and, and so he's like, no, I don't want to do that, you know. But he, he, and then he comes back and he, he wonders, how can, I, how can I get people attention? You know, he's looking around and nobody's listening to him. And people are standing on the street corner and, you know, nobody, like he used to, you know, whatever, I don't know right. if it's a story or not. Uh, I'm not even baptized, but, you know, each to their own, I'm not judging. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, so, so Jesus is like, what can I do? And he's like, he sees a talent show, you know, uh, America's got talent. So he's like, maybe they, maybe I can go on there. You know, he plays an SG, he's got an SG and he sings like the angels and he plays the guitar, you know, he's got bright blue eyes. So he goes on this show with Simon Cowell character and, he wins it and then he can you know it's like all about how do i get people's attention now and tell them that we need to be nice anyway anyway it's a, such a great book i've, I've had it i'll have, have to, to check it out the second coming i mean it's just i mean even if you are even if you're you know if you're christian or whatever it's still it's still just a funny you know he goes he goes down to he i need to i need to see the devil you know he goes down to the devil that's you know they're, they're greeted by hitler in a little in a little uh, maid's outfit. <laughs> it's just so many funny little things, you know. Anyway. I got to check anyway. it out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Well, listen, my friend, it's been so much fun talking. We've, oh, it's we've been amazing. Gone, Thank we've you. We've gone an hour and a half of, with convivial conversation. Wow. I know we could probably keep going for another long time. I mean, I'm sure we I haven't could. even told you any of my, my really bad stories yet, and I probably shouldn't. <laughs> but for, <laughs> I've seen some things, man. I've Indeed. seen some things. Yeah. I understand. I've got pictures of things that I can never put anywhere. I'll say stuff. <laughs> but there was one time with Liza Minnelli back in 1960. <laughs> that's frightening in and of itself. That's just frightening in itself, man. I tell you what, that Las Vegas trip was probably one of the craziest times we ever had, you know, in playing Las Vegas. I'm really, really grateful. And, and you know, I, believe, I do believe that everything happens for a reason, good or bad. You know that you that when you do something another now that's why I'm here. You know, it leads to something, and now I'm right, here right, and right. we are talking. So I, I just I'm just you know as long as we can play some guitar, have some laughs, and bring some joy. You know what else? It's all do? good. That's it, isn't it? So Absolutely. and when are you coming back over here then? Well, hopefully sooner than later. You know, we were supposed to come uh, last November, but of course the COVID canceled that, and then we were going to kind of go for. April again, and then COVID stru struck up again, and so now we're going to just aim for 2023. I think that's the latest. Okay, yeah. And we hope that things balance out between now and then. Please, yeah, we, God. Yeah, come on, come on. Come to bring, on. To bring Jesus back. We need him. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But we're going to, we, I think we might do NAM next year, not this year. Right. Uh, I don't think anyone's real. going this year, as far as I no, know. I think it's all, well, what a, but we've still been busy with videos, and I think people have been enjoying the stuff that we collectively, all of us, have put out for yeah. them to enjoy while they've been sitting at home. I mean, the good thing is at least we've sold more guitars. I think even Sweetwater right. has just sold so many guitars over this. People are finally, I'm sitting at home now. I can't really do anything. I'm still getting paid. I'm gonna, I always wanted to learn how to play guitar, you know. Right. So, so let's see if there's many more guitar players or many more secondhand guitars. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, man. It's been my really, pleasure, Pete. Been Always awesome. great talking with you. Absolutely, and you too, man. Well, say hello to the gang for me. Hope to see I will you do. soon. Yeah. Take care, man. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye.
Thanks so much for tuning in to Chewing the Gristle. We certainly do appreciate it. On behalf of Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, and our friends at Fishman Transducers, we say, don't be a stranger now. Keep on coming back. We're going to keep on giving her. <laughs>